Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch. Today, I'm joined by wellbeing growth strategist, Barry Nicolau, who is a corporate coach and best-selling author. Now, before I go on with this introduction, if you haven't already listened to Barry's podcast with me in 2019, please do yourself a favor. It's one that I even go back and uh, listen to because Barry is the master of teaching you how to use your creative imagination to manifest what you want in life, and more importantly, what the universe wants for you in life, which a lot of us sometimes forget. Now, over the years, Barry has taught thousands of individuals how to best utilize the immense power of their subconscious. And think of the subconscious as, you know, everything below the surface of an iceberg. You know, our conscious mind is the tip of the iceberg, and the subconscious is the 85% laying beneath the water, hidden, uh, serene, Mm. right, unmoved. So Barry teaches us how to succeed by using the subconscious, not only in the workplace, but in our personal lives as well. And uh, now he joins me on our podcast to discuss how COVID-19 has changed our working lives for the better. And uh, Barry has (laughs) given this title of Pandemic to Purpose, which I absolutely love. And it's very timely because a lot of us, I feel, have either found our purpose during COVID, but also a lot of us have used COVID as an excuse to shelve our, our goals, shelve our action plans, shelve our life and say, well, oh, well, you know, this is the perfect excuse for me to stop doing, to stop dreaming, to stop taking action. And I'm sorry to call this out. So if you're listening to this podcast and thinking, damn, he's talking about me. Hey, I'm talking about myself as well. So we all lose our way in life, but it's all about getting back on track. And how do we get back on track? So during our chat, Barry explains the importance of adapting to change. And he shares some incredible tips on how to look after our mind during uncertain times. And geez, aren't we living in uncertain times? So this uh, episode is truly insightful and is going to provide you with a lot of clarity and a lot of comfort to anyone dealing with the sudden shifts in their working environment. On that note, Barry, Mm -hmm. welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Sam. It is wonderful to be here. Now, one of the most uh, beautiful takeaways that I remember from our podcast together was that you said something along the lines Mm -hmm. of most of us want to change the world, but we can't. But what we can change is ourselves. That's right. I think it was an old Zen saying, a smart man wants to change the world and the wise man wants to change himself. Yes. And it's such a beautiful anecdote for um, understanding that only real world changes happen when we be the change. Absolutely. Now, for a lot of you who don't know Barry, he is an accomplished author and his book and his story, one of your stories, I won't spoil <laughs> it if you Google it, mm. uh, featured on Oprah. Correct, yes. And uh, today he also has an amazing website with some great resources, especially mm. now, Barry. Mm. So can you give us the uh, website address? Absolutely. Later? So just just my name, Barry Nicolau, N-I-C-O-L-A-O-U, barrynicolau.com. You can Google my name and the website should be the first link. 
But yeah, we've pivoted as well as a business, Sam, because you get to a point where you realize that you want to be of value to people. That's the key. And this is the big question you've got to answer is how can I be of value? And that usually comes from a place of your own raw talents and gifts, plus any skill set and education you add on top of that. Yeah. So for yep. me, it's like, what am I good at? What do I love doing? And well-being for me just ended up being such a seamless transition. So it's been a crazy time. Yeah, well, mm. it has been because mm. we've gone from having this sense of freedom that mm. we enjoy in the Western world. Correct to a sense of fear massive and yes, yes. that has in a way destroyed our purpose correct not many people are waking up with a purpose anymore apart mm. from the purpose of working mm-hmm. and a lot of people are working from home but mm-hmm. a lot of people have also lost their jobs they have uh, i don't mm. want to be doomsday here but uh, no, i want to get onto the fact that yeah sure. it's reality and I, I i know there's a lot of people that are not impacted by COVID in a major way, but I'm talking about the minority mm, mm. who has, and they can't be forgotten in this pandemic. That Absolutely some people not. are doing it mm. uh, tough. And I'm not talking about the physical impact of the pandemic because that is just so rare, especially in Australia, but the impact it's had on our psychology, on our family, on even corporate culture. Huge. It's impacted our corporate culture here Mm. because most people are working from home and Mm. how do you instill a sense of belonging? Yeah, when you're from home, right? When you're from home. Yeah. So you've dubbed this episode from pandemic to purpose. (laughs) So how do you want to unpack this? What do you want to talk about first? The big message that I'd like people to take away with after all these messages we'll speak about today, Sam, is I'd like you to highlight what you can control and what you can't control. Yes. Because I think what happens is um, when we look at the whole pandemic uh, ball of wire, if you want to call it, and everything's connected to everything and the news cycle is connected to going to the grocery store and the grocery store's connected to what we're doing at home and the kids are running around and I've got to be on a Zoom in 20 minutes. They're, They're talking about Zoom fatigue. It's crazy now, right? People are actually on these Zooms continually all day long. Just identify what you can control and control that and what you can't control give that worry away it does not serve you it actually limits your impact on the world if you get caught up and it's good to know about the politics of what's going on in the world and get me wrong but give it to me in bullet points don't give it to me as a hundred page newsletter or, or, or as a newspaper that is obsessed with selling news give it to me in bullet points let me digest that and then get on with my day how i can impact people because I think we end up expanding what goes into our mind in the physical sense. And if we don't realise that what goes into our mind ends up what's coming out of our mind, we we just got to keep an eye on it. Like be the referee in your own mind. So and control what you can and forget about what you can't Well, control. be informed, but I think some people's opinions, especially right now in the American political landscape, you can easily get lost in finding the truth or finding your truth. And I think that could end up defining a personality trait in you. And if there's someone in the world that you could impact in a positive light, but you've got all this stuff going on about, you know, these people are lying or these people are telling the truth, I think that muddies the water of the potential impact that we could be giving to the world. So is mainstream media robbing us of our purpose if we get stuck into this vortex of it can watching, very scrolling yeah. through social media yeah. and yeah. watching yeah. news because people that are working from home yeah can do that right 100 <laughs> percent, and nobody's watching yeah so a lot of us end up having an hour and a half extra in a day mm. 
And, you know, my message to our community has always been to use that time to exercise, to use that time to get sunshine, to use that time to talk more to your family, to spend more Mm. time with your partner, spend more time with yourself, Mm. you know, journaling, uh, going Mm. for walks, connecting with uh, nature. nature, absolutely. That's my big one. Yeah. So Mm. I guess let's identify then some of the issues Mm. that have taken away or compromised our purpose. Mm, mm. Because you want to talk about how we can transition away from a pandemic mindset to a purpose-based mindset. Spot on. And and that is indeed a possibility. So in my past podcast with you, Sam, and what I live and breathe is understanding the science of creative visualisation. And you know me better than anyone in that sense. And that sense of purpose and just for, the, for argument's sake, just shelve the pandemic for the next hour. It's yes. there. You can always get back to it as you leave this podcast. But during this podcast, if you can just suspend any fear you've got based on the pandemic and just look at your own situation and what you can control, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at creative visualization, you want to have a sense of purpose or a sense of identity or an impact. And you look at, well, Barry, how do I kind of use my imagination in that sense? So what we do is we look at the science of that. So let's just take an example. If you look at matter, so physical matter, blood and skin and bones and cars and trees and life, it's physical, you can touch it, right? And if you go take uh, a microscope to matter, you get cells. Like you have cells, I have cells, a tree has Mm -hmm. cells, I have cells. If you take a microscope to cells, you get molecules. You go further still, you get atoms. Atoms, You go further still, you get subatomic particles. You go one further, and this gets really kind of quantum physics world, is quarks. Q-U-A-R-K-S, right? And if you look at quarks under an electron microscope, the pattern of the energy shifts just through observation. So you can just look at it and the molecular structure of quarks change by looking at it. Because they know we're looking? Well, this is the question, right? So here, now we're getting into a real kind of cool area and you yeah. think of, okay, let's now take that to where it logically can go. What influences energy? What influences quarks? It's thought. Thoughts. Thought influences okay. energy, influences uh, quarks, subatomic particles, atoms, uh, molecules, cells, and matter. Yes. So you go right down. So when people say, well, thoughts <coughs> become things, you, you can't have a true statement. Because if you want something to happen, it all starts at that subatomic thought, energy, quarks level, which then you bring out. I remember, Sam, you were telling me you thought about the foyer here at your office before the foyer was real. And you're like, Barry, I could tell you what the floors and the glass and this and all. I could tell you what the reception was and what that was made out of. And I could tell you what the phones were. And you were like going into such descriptive service. Like that was embedded right down into your cell. Like it was in your mind. That's right. It was a... a clean space we had to build it all <laughs> from scratch I had it imagined right yep. so so let's just take that as an innocuous example of it doesn't really mean oh barry it's sam's office who really cares i want to kind of have purpose in my life but that's where it starts it's where do you want to be identify that and the biggest challenge i come up with is people just say to me i just want to be happy and that is probably the most i'm going to use the right word here it's probably the most unhelpful Um, thing you can say because you don't define a metric in happiness you just say i want to be happy that doesn't mean anything so unless you define it then you can come up with a knowing of when you receive it Mm -hmm. so i'll be happy when and then answer that question and then when you experience the when you know you've reached a goal you know you've reached a level of happiness 
So I guess for me, looking at the science of how thoughts become things, we just have to look at the science and go, well, if this is real and if everything that exists today in the world was once a thought, then why can't I create the future that I want? Pandemic aside, recession aside, I mean, why can't I? That's the question, like, why can't I? Not, but I can't because, or I can't do exercise because the family's at home, or I can't do this because I've got this challenge. I've got Zoom meetings in an hour, Barry. You don't understand. And I'm like, no, I do. I get it. Mm. But you've got to carve out time because if you don't, your next 10 years is going to fly and you're going to go like, where did the last 10 years go? I'm, I'm in the same position. So if you've got a dream, be it a start a family or a business or whatever it is, you can do it. You've got the creative element within you. Do you commit time to that creative element? That's a question mark. And that's something that we can change. Right, right. And I think from that, the world is your oyster, literally. So thoughts precede actions? Every single time. Okay. Mm. Is there anything that precedes thoughts? Desires. Yeah, feelings or Feelings desires, and yeah. desires. I want a specific outcome. So and desires are an emotion? Absolutely. And, before, and then it drives a thought? Absolutely. Okay, and a thought should drive an action? Absolutely. Okay. Yep, spot on. So a lot of people wake up with a desire, mm-hmm. then it drives their thoughts, but their thoughts want to motivate action, but mm-hmm. a lot of us actually don't take action mm-hmm. because of fear. Yep. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, all right? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I've, this is going to be really cool. And I'm hoping, Sam, you know how you put a lovely blurb with your podcast. I'm hoping this makes it in. I've identified the three biggest hindrances that stop us at that action stage. Yes. The first one is we allow external influences to take precedence over our desires. So right. it could be right. a friend or a family member or a pandemic or my boss or my health or whatever. Like it's external to ourselves. We let that go. Yes. There's the reason I'm pointing at it right now. It's a real thing, Barry. It's a true thing. So we allow that to stop us. There's the first hindrance. The second hindrance is we are waiting for the perfect time to start something. Now, can I just tell you, we were talking about this earlier, Sam, companies that were born out of recessions, like there's hundreds of lists. And the three that I've done research on is General Electric in 1892. They started uh, in a depression. Yeah. Walt Disney started in 1929, recession. And FedEx, 1971. So you're talking about companies in excess of 70 to $80 billion turnovers today that started when everyone was really kind of what we're going through right now. Like the world's kind of going to end. In well, Apple made their biggest, well, turned from loss. Yes. To, to a $1.2 billion profit straight after the global financial crisis. Oh, wow. During okay. the global yes. financial crisis. Yes, yes, yeah. I think Microsoft was another company in 1971 that actually was born out of a recession. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's almost like you're seeing a pattern. If there was a cultural pattern to the world and how we operate, and if you look at nature as a guide or if you look at how life grows, it is from challenge. It like is, a bushfire leads to rebirth, yeah. You, you're just yeah. giving me goosebumps. Yeah. You're like you go to a bushfire, you go three months later and then you see these little tiny green sprouts coming up. Mm. So human beings are engineered in a way that we have to go through an uncomfortable pain to have an appreciation for growth. Yes, and produce our best fruit. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess then the takeaway in this part of the conversation is don't look for the easy way out look for the challenge because i guarantee you out of that 
you're going to start sprouting some green leaves uh, if you're a tree. And uh, you're going to be looking at the next possible. And I'll tell you, Sam, my stresses over the last six months have been, I haven't been getting sleep. I've got a three-year-old and a three-month-old and I'm, I'm pivoting to this <laughs> well-being area that's doing really well. And it's like, I've got no free time. Yeah. Like I'm going to bed midnight. I shouldn't be doing that, you know, yes. because the girls have gone down by nine and I'm, the next three hours are quiet. Yes. And I can type and I can concentrate. So it's probably not a good thing for my mental health either, but it's how I need to get things done. So it's... That's your challenge at the moment. It's a huge challenge. (laughs) So whatever your challenge is, (laughs) listening to this at the moment, I guess the message is, yeah, you... And that was a a theme at Upgrade Your Life, wasn't Mm. it? Of turning adversity. It was the David Goggins theme. Massive, yeah. Embracing adversity. Yeah. You know, in wine, the best vintages are the ones where the vines go through droughts. So you look at the best uh, vintage for Hermitage Grange. It's 1990 where we had a massive drought. So right. The vine, okay. had to, the vine had to suffer. But because of that suffering, the fruit is incredible. Mm, and mm. Um, it produces the best wine. Mm. It's a good metaphor for our lives, I guess. It's so, really good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm. So let's talk about then, I think you've been talking about i mean your forte is mm. explaining the science of creative visualization and understanding that it's possible yeah yeah that's mm. right it can become a bit of a cliche you know for a lot of people where you know anything is possible but you break it down to more of a uh, practical art form so you you have five key takeaways don't you i do to i attract do. and manifest i do good into your life yeah uh, whilst you work towards your goals. So yep. what are they? Can you well, take us through those? Absolutely. If you've got a pen and paper right now, please write these down. So these are more psychological takeaways as well. So to stop you mentally from not being your best self, if that makes sense, Sam. Yep. So mm-hmm. opportunities for you to grow. The first one is I'd like you to rid yourself of approval seeking. And what we mean by that is your family, your friends, you kind of run things past them. What do you think of this idea and what do you think? And you're going to get a hundred different opinions based on what they think. And you'll be running to them continually. The problem with approval seeking is that it immobilizes you. You don't actually end up growing. So that's the first thing. Get rid of approval seeking. It's a nice message to our politicians as well. Oh, my God, <laughs> yes. Oh, God, if this was a political podcast, I could say a few things. And the second one is, and Sam, you and I discussed this, and I'll, this might sound a bit lengthy, but, but please um, have a listen about what we're about to say. Is There's a movie out there, and hopefully some of you have seen it, called Pele, and it is about nine, the 1958 World Cup win by Brazil, and the movie has got absolutely nothing to do with soccer. Like, it's all about soccer from go to woe, right? If you look yeah. at it and you go, you're crazy, Barry. It is about this, this athlete. But if you look at the movie and you watch it, I've watched it now a few times, Brazilians have an art form when it comes to how they play soccer. And it really came into effect in the late 50s and early 60s. And that art form was called Jinga, J-I-N-G-A, Jinga. And it's kind of a street Brazilian football, it's kind of lopping the ball here and kind of under the legs. And it's kind of a little bit... Not show-offy, but it's a little bit kind of... It's got its elements in the, the old Brazilian martial arts style called capoeira. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, no, no. So they've actually brought that to the game, to the soccer. Anyway, so in 1958, here we go. Brazil wants to win their first World Cup. And the coach at the time said, we, we're not going to play like Jinga. We're going to play like the European football clubs, which are at world-class level. Right. So they were training these Brazilians to play in this other format. 
Brazilians did so, but they just they weren't in their element. You could tell it wasn't who they were. They weren't the European clubs. Their ground route was in Jinga wouldn't get them there in 1950. They lost the World Cup. So it's, there was this frustration that came out of Brazil. Then this player called Pelé came up. That's what the movie's called, it's just Pelé. So if you, P-E-L-E, if you go to Netflix, you'll find it. And Pelé was this 17-year-old sensation that could play Jinga like you wouldn't believe. And the last game of the season, in 1958, where they were versing Sweden, who were like the Nordic gods of soccer. Like This is the final? This is the, the final the game. World. It was Brazil v Sweden. And the whole crowd, it was a home crowd of Sweden. There was like 5,000 in the eight, in the stadium and there was like 23 Brazilians out of the okay. 5,000. So they were in the back corner. Only 5,000. Like 5,000. Like the stadium was called 1958. I don't yeah, televised yeah. all over the world. Yeah. And then you sit there and you're looking at these, you know, and the king and the queen of Sweden were out and it was just beautiful. And you see this little tiny group of Brazilians in the top, you know, who were like, we can win, we can win. So just before the game, um, the coach gives the team a rev up like a lot of these movies do. And he's like, forget everything I've been telling you in the last three weeks. Don't play like any other country. Play like. Play Play like. Play Jenga. Like it's in our blood. And you know what? He came to a conclusion, Sam, and this gave me the goosebumps. He said, I don't know if we will win, but we will show the world a beautiful game. Isn't that the point of life? Yes. Not so much that we win at everything, but you show the world a beautiful game. And what I mean by that is, what is the God talent inside you? What's your trademark? What's your signature? What's, What's your, your essence? What's, What's your essence? Yeah, bring that out, bring yeah. that out. And that is the aim. And in a world where we're focused on profit and power, we've lost the purpose of our lives. As we go from pandemic to purpose. The yes. purpose of our life is to find our jinga regardless of whether we win or lose. It's not about whether we win or It's so, about how we play. So can you tell us who won, by the way? I can. Do you want to know the answer? Please, yeah. First goal came out at Sweden. Yeah. One, and you could imagine the whole world was like, yeah, this is a done deal. Sweden's going to roll over Brazil. And the Swedes were like, I wonder by how much? Yeah. Six, seven goals? And then all of a sudden, this young Pele just came into his own and played his Jenga, inspired the team. Final goals, 5-1 to Brazil. Wow. And the crowd, I mean, the Brazilians, you see these shots of Brazilians partying in the street. The whole country was like that. Like the whole country was one big festival. And um, it tells you, and it told me that it's got nothing to do with soccer. It takes a Pelé, it takes an Elon Musk, it takes a Steve Jobs, it takes the the mold breakers to Mm. say, uh, this is possible. And then all of a sudden people go, oh my God, like you've changed the status quo. So I know I've gone on a bit, but that's the second the part. The second takeaway then, I guess. Find your jinga. Yeah, well, and be true to your essence. Yes. That you, don't try and play anyone yes. else's game. Run your exactly. own race. Cause exactly. One of the biggest mistakes I know I've come across in uh, you know my 30 plus years in business mm. is the tip I give young entrepreneurs, and that is, you know, run your own race. Mm. Don't look at hi- history and say, well, how has that person done it? So you can exactly. learn from it, but that's not who you are. Absolutely. So be true to how you run your own business. So mm. Be true to your essence. So, you mm. know, find your jinga mm. and uh, don't play it by any other game. Absolutely. You know, and stay in yeah. your lane. Like my wife tells me, I keep thinking about what other people are doing in this space that I'm in. And, oh, that person's got a better product. Or that person's got a, oh, they're more connected. Or they're better talented. And my wife, Lana, always grounds me. And she says, Baz, stay in your lane. Yes. 
and it's like a metaphor for, for driving. You don't yes. go in and out of lanes. You stay in your lane and you look ahead and you look behind. And if you want to indicate, brake, accelerate, but just stay in your lane. And I guess the wisdom in that is to make sure that you stay in your jinga, stay in what you do. Well, exactly. Because a lot of people in small business, when they start making money, mm. they start investing in areas that they have no competence because they mm. think, well, there must be an easier way to make money yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And so I've come across a lot of people who have invested in things like, you know, opening up cafes or, mm. uh, or florists or whatever it is outside mm. their core competency. Mm. And it ends up costing them a lot of money yeah. because they inevitably fail. And uh, more tellingly, a uh, lot more time mm. because mm. what we're fighting in this world is time. We, Absolutely. You know, essentially we have probably 30 good solid years to make it or break it in the game of life right and you know that's arguably between 20 you know 25 and 55 right there's not too many people they're outside you know the the mold that uh, can do something outside of those you know the 17 year old billionaire who's developed an or app Pele. Yeah. or Pele yeah you know yeah. i mean they're rare mm. right they're mm. outliers <laughs> So we don't want to waste it doing things that are not within our jingo. Mm, uh, mm. So I, I love that uh, second takeaway. That's mm, beautiful. Mm, Thanks, Barry. Mm. Well, the, um, third? the third one is that worry is worthless. And the reason I say that is this. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Wayne Dyer. God rest his soul. 2015, he passed away with 41 books. And I would say that if I had one desire, would be to go back in time and meet this man. And he had a saying about how worry is worthless if you can control a situation, yes. control it. If you can't control it, what's the use worrying? Yes, yes. Right. So it's really, it's a real simple formula. And you go, oh, Barry, you don't understand oh, my family lineage. I'm Italian. I worry by nature. Or Sam, in our first talk, you talked about a gene, a comp T gene, I think, or more of like a, a Mediterranean gene that we're predispositioned to worry. It's, it's like, not the comp T gene. Sorry. It's some, but well, it is a gene. There is it's a, a gene. gene. I don't know the name of it. The comp T gene is the one that helps us that people have with a great creative imagination great yes absolutely yeah, yes yeah. sorry yeah, but yeah. uh yeah the mediterraneans <laughs> they tend to have a gene that if coupled with the comte gene because mm. your creative imagination can manifest your dreams or your worst nightmares depends absolutely. which way you aim it mm. if you aim it at your worries mm. then you're caught in this negative loop mm. of worry mm. worry oh, worry. i've seen that absolutely yes. yeah so yeah so worry is worthless so you've got these two scenarios where you know at the time of us recording this, we're about on the cusp of the American election and you worry about where the future's heading with certain world powers and what have you. And then you ask yourself, is that something I can control? Yes. And then if the answer is no, then do your part, control what you can. If you're a voter, vote the way you want to vote or if you have a particular opinion, state that opinion. But if you cannot control it, your energy is better spent controlling or inspiring or looking after the people underneath you to become human beings like you're passing on the goodness in you yes, yes. it's almost like and i've mentioned this before it's almost like putting an ink drop in a beautiful clean glass of water you know that ink drop represents doubt or it represents worry yeah. right and uh, you see it and in proportion to the water the ink drop is nothing but it spoils the water. The water would be blue. You can't drink it. You've got to throw it away. Yes, yes. So that's what worry does to our well-meaning intentions. We go out there and we say, I want to start a business. Oh, but you know, so many businesses fail. That's mm. that ink drop, 
right? Or you talk to a, your uncle or your friend or someone who you feel is qualified to give you an answer and you ask them and they give you a very opposite answer of what you want to create. Yeah. And that's the worry. So if this is something in you that you have to do, then you don't need to ask opinions. You just look at the people that have done it, formulate some groundwork and go, right, who do I need to talk to next about helping me on my journey? Yes. Uh, be it advice, be it financial assistance, whatever it is. So you, you can't worry or it'll spoil anything. I mean, dangers. I love that analogy, yeah. Yeah, sorry yeah. if I go on a bit, but it's, it, yeah. I can't ram that home enough. That Doubt kills more dreams than yeah. failure ever could. Wow, that's profound. Like it, it yeah. does, doubt kills everything. It kills it. Yeah. And does worry serve an evolutionary purpose? And I guess to answer that question, the, I want for the sake of people that are listening to mm. distinguish between worry and assessment or analysis mm -hmm. because in business you're always assessing risk continually yeah and preempting mm. issues mm. you know so there is a sense that i feel like if you don't worry a little bit about mm. certain things mm, mm. right so i guess there's two different meanings to worry one mm. is productive and one it's a bit like watching the news right you want to get a little bit of what's happening in life but after five minutes it's it starts, it starts turning into that ink into the yes, water. Yes, yes. Right? Yep, so, yep. And you start feeling fearful and stressed. And so you need, the, uh, you need a little bit of... Listen, the reason I say that is because we don't know where to draw the line. Yeah, it's a powerful... You're right, watching... Yeah, you, you, yeah. you can't tell me you're sitting watching half an hour of news and at the four-minute mark, you're going to walk away. Like it, it never happens. <laughs> There's always something that draws you in. Yes. And that's why the news cycles take till the end, almost end of the cycle to tell you all the news. Yes. So you're engaged for that amount of time. If you walk away at the four minute, five minute mark, you've missed the next 20 minutes. So for me, when I say worry is worthless, if you can control it, if you're assessing it, that's not worry. That's pure assessment. Like, yeah, okay, now I've assessed. planning. That's it. And yeah. you're going to go left or right, Barry. I'm going to go left because I've assessed it. And, and I think um, worrying about it is, what was the old saying? Worry is interest on trouble before it's due. Ah, yes, yes. So it's kind of like... A, so it's worrying about things that might happen or might not happen. That's, yeah. This is the problem. And 90% of the things we worry about don't happen. Yes. Like, so you think to yourself, if I can't control it, I'm just going to leave it aside because I can't afford that I can't control worry to take a leading role in my life because my family needs my a game yes. and my business needs my a game and my clients need my a game so right. i can't afford to uh, have stuff in my mind that i can't control yep so it's i kind of just let it go through the keeper so it pollutes the dream it pollutes it, the, it all, all through action all eight yeah. areas of sam yeah yeah absolutely yep so Okay, you've taken us. That's three. Three key <laughs> takeaways for going from pandemic to purpose. Yes. What, what's your fourth? Demanding that life has to be fair. Yes. It's not. <laughs> and and <laughs> as uh, I think it was our Prime Minister Fraser, what was his first name? Jeez. Malcolm? Malcolm Fraser. Yes. He said life wasn't meant to be easy. No. And he's so right. But how often do you hear everywhere? It's like, that's not fair. My three-year-old has yeah. that saying down to, a, down to a fine. That's not fair. So if you expect fairness... You're always, it's a bit like waiting for the perfect time, you know. That's it, so it's Sam. It's never going to be fair. No, and, and uh, it's funny, it's like the people that receive the most fairness are the people that don't expect it. Right, okay. And the people that it eludes are the people that think that's the way it should be. 
Okay, oh, I love that. Okay, yeah. so no expectations. No, let it go and just go, I'm going to work towards my goal. Yeah, I'm going to hit challenges. I'm yeah. going to get married. Yeah, I'm going to hit challenges. I'm going to start a business. Yeah, I'm going to hit challenges and just go, okay, am I going to sit there and go, that's unfair or am I going to sit there and go, is there a lesson? And this is the key. Like if you can just sit there and go, what is life trying to teach me at this point? Yes. And I'm fighting with life right now. I promise you, Sam, I've got a three-month-old and a three-year-old and they're taking all my time. And I'm like, I'm at the precipice of this, this great change in wellness and helping corporations and you are taking all my time. And Lana's like my wife. The well, ultimate, you're a stay-at-home dad, aren't you? Well, no. Uh, well, I have my business from home. Yes, I yes. do. But my wife's like, maybe this is forcing you to slow down. Yes. But I don't want to slow down, so I'm fighting. I'm like, yeah. I have, babe, I've got to go in my office. I've got a ton of things to do. I've got to get back to that person and back to that. And I want to be done in a timely manner so they don't think I don't respect them. Like, it's all about punctuality. Yeah. And here's my three-month-old who's looking at me with a smile that could end wars. <laughs> and I'm like, where's my priority sitting right now? Like, yeah. Lana's like, she's going to be a kid for a few years. She's going to be an adult for a long time. That's right. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. So she's my wise sage sitting on my left shoulder. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's consistent with one of the founding principles of a higher branch, Mm, that is to mm. live a complete life. And we Mm. prioritise in our model of the eight areas of life that fulfil eight fundamental human needs. We start with uh, your health as being your number one priority. Number two is your relationship with your partner. Number three is your family. And I work my work is number four Mm. so that's my you know that's my uh barometer that's my compass right Uh, and it's through that lens that i yeah i prioritize things so what you said Mm. just reminded me of that fact that okay you know you've we've got a lot of things to do but we've got Mm. to put things in perspective as well and Mm. so i just wanted to remind people of that but i I love that fourth key takeaway Mm. yeah absolutely yeah, and it's interesting. It's, it's when you take the whole notion of fairness and put it aside for a minute, you can look at your challenges objectively. Yes, which means you take the emotion out of it. Absolutely, and you use logic. And the anger, yep. because anger cripples you it does. and robs you of a lot of energy. And you know, a lot of people spend so many hours researching health and fitness and diets and yep. they meditate and they'll sleep well and then mm. they'll wake up feeling fresh and the energy bucket is full right Mm. but then if you have a leak in that bucket those leaks in the bucket of energy are anger yeah fear worry the one you mentioned earlier yeah so it's absolutely important to neutralize those negative emotions to go in with that objective notion that well life is not meant to be fair Mm. and that's not my expectations Mm. if i'm dealt with fairly and there's justice Mm. in my life then great but if there's not, then I'm going to roll with it because mm. that's life. Mm. Mm. I mean, if you're a creationist or an evolutionist or uh, even like thousands of years ago, if you're in a jungle and you happen mm. to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time, <laughs> it's unfair if you got eaten by a lion. Well, right? it, it's actually interesting but as you're saying that because I was thinking... how the universe rolls. Hey, and I was just thinking if life was totally fair, the birds wouldn't have anything to eat because the earthworm would survive. Oh, yes. So how far back do you take it here? Yes. So, okay, now we've got no birds. There's a perfect accounting system. Well, yeah, it's kind of... And we're at the top of the food chain right now, so we've got a moral responsibility and obligation to make sure that we've given this gift of life, like pandemic aside again. I know it's called pandemic to purpose, Sam, but the whole aim of today, I feel, is how do we move past the pandemic as a thing 
and focus on what sort of future you want to create for yourself. Yeah, so if people are sitting there thinking, this is not fair that we've had to deal with this. It's lost your job. It's 20, mean, yeah. I know friends that have lost their job. Half of them are pivoting to an, another mm. skill and to, to get employed. Half of them are sitting at home going, the world's going to end. And this is not fair. And this isn't fair. Yeah. I've trained for five years, Barry. I had this law degree now. I'm not a lawyer anymore. And I can't find another job. And it's really difficult. And I'm going to just go and do something else. Well, especially, look, there's a lot of people who just finished uni. A lot of young people that are brilliant. Very smart young people are these days. And they just feel like it's unfair because, yeah. you know, you didn't have to go through this, but I have to. Mm. And that sort of mindset is going to rob them of their purpose. It really does. And the defining factor, Sam, and you would know this, employing a lot of people, there's two elements to look at. Either you look at coming out of uni and looking for resources to help you or you end up being resourceful, right? So resourceful people, it's funny, they always find a way through. That's right, yes, absolutely. So how do they do it? There's no magic book that they've been given that casts a spell and yep. gives them the job. Our ancestors have to go through it. And you th if you think life is unfair at the moment, try living through the Second World War. Absolutely. Which my gra my yep. grandparents and great-grandparents went through, and I think yep. that's adversity. Yep. yep, yep. You know, it's just quickly funny. My grandma passed away three months ago, 96, Wow. in Cyprus, right? Yes. And I asked Mum, I said, Mum, what sort of woman was she? Yes. She said, Barry. She says, I always used to remember her singing. And I'm like, what, randomly? Yeah. She goes, yeah. And she says, whenever my mum and dad were fighting, she said, I, my grandma used to sing. It used to be a, an avenue for her to uh, rise above the argument or the problem or whatever it was. Yeah. And when I went over there in oh, 2004, 2005, I think, we used to play cards and she used to be like a card shark. Yeah. I mean, like she used to make you think you were winning. Yes. And we're like, oh, she's an oldie. I can nail her. And all of a sudden, these cards used to come out. I'm like, she had no sleeves, Sam. So I don't know where she was hiding them if she was yes. cheating. And, and mum's like, she always had this attitude of singing. And singing got her to a place of understanding that there's another way to handle life's challenges. Right, right. Yeah. I, I love I, that. So I love it. For people listening, it could be jogging or walking or meditating or doing yoga there's always a way or cooking or yes. cleaning yes you know i'll have to clean when i'm stressed <laughs> do you i do a really good job of cleaning when i'm stressed like everything gets spotless that's it yeah it's, it's, it's great therapy <laughs> so that's our fourth key yeah. takeaway anything more on that yeah well no i think we've covered it all i mean the things come to mind as we talk but i think that if you just get the notion out of your head that life has to be a certain way then yes. you're open to possibility as well as challenges. Yes. And for me, having a, a, a paradigm in place for the challenges is something that I can just go back to every time. This is yes. just another learning curve, Baz. There's something for here for you to learn yes. that you don't quite grasp yet. And if you can get past this, then you'll move on to bigger and better things. Awesome. Mm. So what's the fifth takeaway um, for people to go from pandemic to purpose? Please, uh, that security is an illusion. And okay. I'll explain myself. So you might sit there and have money in the bank, have a good business, have a good job, have everything that you want, and you feel secure. But I'll put this to you. People die at every age in their life. Yes. You, we have no set date. Right? And that's part of the mystery of life. right? And even if you ask people if you could know what day, they're like, I don't want to know. Yes. Because having death gives meaning and purpose to our lives. If we were immortal, well, we could sit at home every day for the next 100 years and it wouldn't make a difference. But the fact that we are mortal, for me, it gives purpose. Or what are we going to do with this little bit of time we've got? Mm. So 
knowing that we're going to die at some point, could be tomorrow, it could be in 50 years, for me, abolishes the whole security thing. And if you say to me you're doing it for your kids, your kids can go and buy 10 Ferraris and blow it all. Yes. So where's the security? So for me, I've got two daughters. I'm going to leave them something for sure, but it's more important what I leave in my kids rather than for my kids. And for me, that means like you're passing on wisdom. And it's for some people, it's a lot more than a bank account. Or it's yes. a lot more than a trust. I mean, the money is good. You can set them up. Mm. Um, they can s- start their wealth. But for me, security is an absolute... It's, it's a myth. It is not real. We don't know when our time's up. And you talk to someone on their deathbed and you say, you know, you're 54, for example, and, you know, you're about to pass over. And that person says the same thing every time. You know what they say? I've got so much more to do. Yeah. I've got so much more that I wish I had done. I have got so much more. And if that's truth then what have they been doing up to that stage? Have they been living in a, in a world where they were just going from Monday to Friday? Can't in a wait. bubble. Right. Yeah, in a safe bubble. In a habitual, because we've always done it, this feels comfortable bubble, and now all of a sudden 20 years go. And I think God or whatever you believe, for me it's God, highlights the fact that we cannot know when our death is. So then that gives a sense of meaning to what are you doing, Barry, with your time you've been gifted? Yes. How are you leaving this world in a better place? That's what makes life perfect. Death is what makes life perfect. 100%. Yuval Harari has written a beautiful book called Sapiens. Uh, oh, yes, my brother just gifted that to me. It's an amazing book. One of yep. the best books I've ever read because <laughs> it's science-based as well. Yeah. And he makes the observation that if we were immortal, mm-hmm. if we knew that we were going to live forever, humanity would stop, would cease doing anything. Because could you imagine, would people take risks? Would they drive a car? Would they? Because mm. obviously you can live forever if you don't get damaged in a car accident Mm, or you mm, know i'm mm. talking free of disease like uh, as in the perfect molecular structure Mm. free of disease people would be too anxious and too scared to do anything because they don't want to rob themselves of forever but then nothing would get done so what makes us perfect is death which is beautiful it's wisdom and insecurity oh that's beautiful yeah there is a lot of wisdom and insecurity and and then if you look at if there's wisdom and insecurity what is their insecurity? Yeah, complacency. Foolish, well, almost a sense of, dare I say, foolishness. Yeah. You know, I know that's probably going a bit far, but listen, we've all got children. A lot of us don't, but people that have children and your mind sometimes wonders to what sort of world is going to be there when I'm not around? And what do you wish for them? It's not a bank account. What yes. do you wish for them? You wish that they shine their light, their signature, their vibration to the world because funny enough, they're here because the world needs something that they've got. And if you hide that away, then they lose something, the world loses something and you're sitting there going, well, Barry, at least they've got $5 million in the bank or from me or whatever it is, right? Right. And you think to yourself, so is that the legacy I want to leave? Yeah, you'll be up there and you'll have a a great footing. But is that what I want to be remembered for? And the answer is always no. Right. So your message is insecurity robs you of the ability to shine. It robs you of the ability to make sure that you're living your purpose, be it a pandemic or out of a pandemic or a recession or out of a recession. This is a hard reset yeah. for a lot of people. And it's a hard reset for the world. 
unless you don't look at it as that. If you, if you look at it as a hard reset, you start to pivot. Unless you're a very fortunate individual that has just gone, I'm living my purpose and my dream, and Barry, I'm living it. And if that's you, I'll take my hat off to you, I'll take you for a coffee and shake your hand. Because yeah. you're a rare person. But for the rest of us that are searching, this is the most fertile soil you will find to grow whatever you're about, unless you take advantage of that. It's interesting, you know, like we were talking before, Sam, every tragedy has its upside. Absolutely. And this is what we're going through right now. That's so beautiful. You always download some perfect little uh, one-liners that have me thinking for days. I'm going to give you a headache. Yeah. <laughs> And I love that because we need to be reminded of these five principles that you just laid yep, out because yep, it's all yep. often how people sabotage themselves. Yeah, and yep. again, I want to repeat, if you're really interested in the power of the subconscious and the power of your creative imagination, your sixth sense and how you can use it to build the life that you want, then mm. listen to my first podcast with Barry, which dovetails nicely into what we talked about today. And I, I love those five key takeaways. So before we go, if you can mm. repeat them all in order, because I these will. are often the things that cause you to sabotage your potential. I love what you said about, you know, that we all have a gift. I know it sounds like a cliche now, but the way it you said it sounds very perfect, philosophical in a way too, yeah, doesn't it? Because no, there is a purpose of why we're here. Yes. And it's a tragedy for us not to realize that purpose because of these five mm. you know, self-sabotaging principles. Mm. And thank you very much for those, Barry. But let's uh, finish by telling us, just recap what those five are. So yeah, no problem. So the first one is approval seeking. Let that be something that's in your past from now on, yes. as much as possible. Believe in your jinga, which is your specific form of play. Yes. And uh, be proud of it. Worry is absolutely worthless. Yes. So keep that in the background. <laughs> the fourth is let go of the notion that life has to be fair. Yes. Because it's not. Yes. And the sooner you embrace that, the sooner you can form perspective and a plan to yes. live your truth, live your jinga. Yes. And the fifth one is, for me, is understanding that if you chase security all your life, then that's what's going to be important to you. So it's not true. Just play your jinga and go for it. I love that. That's the uh, new word for the day <laughs> for me, my jinga. And I'll be um, talking to my kids about how they find their jingle, or rather how to be true to their jingle. I, I love it. Barry, thank, thank you, you so much for coming in. Thank you. And sharing your wisdom. And for everyone out there, it's barrynicolau.com. You will find more detail in the description. Until next time, live consciously, my friends.